0: To learn more about us, you can check us out at johumc.org or any of our social media platforms by searching Journey of Hope. And now, here is this week's message.
1: The first reading today is from the book of Ruth, chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. Now Naomi had a relative on her husband's side, a man of standing from the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth... The Moabite said to Naomi, let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor. Naomi said to her, go ahead, my daughter. So she went out, entered a field and began to glean behind the harvesters. As it turned out, she was working in a field belonging to Boaz, who was from the clan of Elimelech. Just then, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you the lord bless you they answered boaz asked the overseer of his harvesters who does that young woman belong to the overseer replied "She is a Moabite who came back from moab with naomi she said please let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the harvesters she came into the field and remained here from morning till now except for a short rest in the shelter so boaz said to ruth My daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field, and don't go away from here. Stay here with the woman who worked for me. Watch the field where the men are harvesting, and follow along after the woman. I have told the men not to lay a hand on you, and whenever you are thirsty, go and get a drink from the water jars the men have filled." At this, she bowed bowed down with her face to the ground. She asked him, Why have I found such a favor in your eyes that you notice me, a foreigner? Second reading is from the book of Matthew, chapter 10, verses 24 to 31. The student is not above the teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for students to be like their teachers and servants to be like their masters. If the head of the house has been called Beelzebul, how much more the members of this household. So do not be afraid of them, for there is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. What I tell you in the dark, speak in the daylight. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim for the roofs. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So do not be afraid, you are worth more than many sparrows. May God bless the reading, hearing, and understanding of his word. Amen.
0: Maybe and So, welcome to our third week, our third week of our summer playlist series, uh, as we take a little more in-depth look at some of the songs that uh, that are from our lives, some of those well-known favorites, uh, some of those wonderful songs that we remember. However, there might be some songs that you might not have heard before. So I'm also focusing on different songs throughout this time. So like I said, some are favorites. Some you might not have heard. Today's may be one of those. Uh, but I'm also doing this on Wednesday night. So I encourage you to, to tune in on Wednesday's uh, Pathways Guided Worship uh, as we dive into other songs on Wednesday evenings and we'll sing those. But, uh, but I'm going to ask that you would pray with me as we begin. Gracious and almighty God, God, I thank you for, for this opportunity to hear your word for an opportunity to worship You and to, and to hear a message for us. And so God, I ask that the words that I speak would no longer be my own, but that they would be Your words for Your people. In Jesus' name, amen. I also want to, re- to remind uh, all of those who are, who are worshiping, at, worshiping at home or, uh, or wherever you're at online, uh, because we are celebrating communion today, and so I'm going to encourage you to have communion elements so that at the end of the message when we do that, you will have elements ready and you will be able to, to share with us uh, as we celebrate this, uh, this wonderful feast together. So our song this week might not be one that is very familiar to you. And that's okay, because I think it still can can speak to our hearts. It speaks into our lives. Maybe I should ask the question, because actually as I, I looked at the list that I had of all the songs that were mentioned, I don't know who submitted Broken and Beautiful by Kelly Clarkson. Was there some? Oh, all right. All right. I, I wasn't quite sure if I was just going to call her out, but I'm calling Jenny out. So, <laughs> all right. So Jenny submitted this song. Uh, and, and I have to say that, I had never heard the song, but when I heard it, I was like, oh, yes, this is beautiful. And so I want to share a little bit about uh, the song with you and, and how it kind of relates to Scripture and to, uh, to our lives. So the song Broken and Beautiful is sung by Kelly Clarkson, but it's actually written by Alicia Moore, John McDade, and Steve Mack. Uh, so Kelly is just the, the vocalist on this. There are three people that wrote the lyrics and the music for this song. Now, I guess you could say that this song is about empowerment, about feeling good about who you are, and also about maybe taking risks and stepping outside of your comfort zone a little bit. Now, the Bible has plenty of stories about uh, stepping out of your comfort zones, about feeling good about who you are and whose you are. I mean, we just heard part of a story uh, of Ruth from Scripture this morning, And so Ruth has a mother in law, Naomi, who's widowed and and she needs to take care of her family. However, Ruth is also a widow, which makes this story even more dire. We hear about Naomi, about how Naomi has two daughters in laws, all widowed. I mean, it actually sounds like a movie script already as you go through this. But Naomi feels like like the younger women would be better off if they returned to their original homes. So Naomi says, I'm fine. You two go back to your original families, your original homes. And while one of those daughters do, Ruth decides that she will not leave Naomi. Here's where our story picked up today. Both women travel to Bethlehem hoping things would get better. Naomi knew about Boaz as he was a relative of her late husband. Ruth begins gleaning in Boaz's field and finds favor in his eyes. And while the rest of the story of Ruth and Boaz and Naomi talk about redemption and marriage and how this genealogical line continues on to King David, what I want to focus on is verse 10 in chapter 2. I wonder what Ruth's view of herself was. Because here's verse 10 once again. At this, she bowed down with her face to the ground. She asked him, Why have I found such favor in your, in your eyes that you notice me, a foreigner?" Now, I might be reading a little too much into this because the culture of the day would have placed foreigners very low on the human worth scale. Then again, maybe we haven't come that far. But that's a discussion for another time. You see, Ruth can't even look into Boaz's eyes when he approached her. She faces the ground and questions why, she would take intre- why he would take an interest in her. Boaz could have told her how beautiful she was, how hardworking she had been, or even that he felt compassion that he wanted to help her. But he tells her something a little bit different. So verse 11, which you didn't hear this morning, let me read verse 11 for you. Boaz replied, "'I've been told all about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband.'" How you left your father and your mother and your homeland and came to live with a people you did not know before. Boaz tells her that he has heard all about her past. He reminds her of who she is. He doesn't bring up the fact that, that she was so poor that gleaning a field was the only way that she might have been able to eat. He didn't remind her how far she had fallen in society. He didn't oppress her by his position of authority. He tells her who she is. And tells her that the Lord will repay her for all of the things that she has done. God is protecting her through Boaz. Ruth has sacred worth. Regardless of what society told her, she had sacred worth. You have sacred worth. Regardless of what society tells you. This is what Jesus is telling us in the Gospel of Matthew today. We hear that even though two sparrows go for a penny, they have sacred worth in God's eyes. God knows when one falls and we are much more valuable than the sparrows so much so that even the hairs on our head are numbered. Side note, I always found that passage interesting. It would certainly be easier to keep track of those hairs on some of our heads than on others. I'm not saying, I'm just saying. (laughs) But all kidding aside, we have this inherent worth given by God. This is not the inalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, but true and honest self-worth. In our society today, I feel like we need to hear this more and more often. Especially as we continuously hear messages of failure, of worthlessness, of insignificance, and of unimportance. And I've had the opportunity, the, the blessing, to work with, with so many youth mission trips and youth groups in my past, and the stories that I have heard about the world that they are growing up in, and the way that society is treating them through, through all of those measures of society and of, so, through school and especially social media. I mean those are frightening. Frightening. We could probably ask a couple of students here in the congregation today about some of those experiences that they've had in schools and on social media. You can probably even think about a time uh, back when you navigated school and friends. Maybe you're thinking about that now, but I'll tell you this, I don't think it gets even close to what youth today are facing It seems like everything is telling us that we are not worthy, that we don't belong, that we will never, ever be good enough. Ever felt that way? That no matter what you do, no matter what you've done in your life, no matter how hard you try right now, that it will never be good enough. You may never be fully accepted. God offers words of grace, hope, and love telling us that we are worthy. That you are worthy just the way you are. There's no need to, to change certain areas of your life. You are who God created you to be. We should not try to fit the mold of something else. We shouldn't have to worry about whether or not we feel a little wilted or we got spots. God created us just the way we are. This brings us back to our our song today. Broken and Beautiful. Now in a little bit, I want to play that song for you uh, because I don't think I can sing it nearly as good as Kelly Clarkson can. Uh, But I want you to understand a key concept. Paul tells us in Romans that we have all sinned and we have all fallen short of the glory of God. None of us. No one here is perfect. There's not a single perfect flower in this vase. None of us are. We're all broken people. Now, many will say that the church is the church. That's where all the perfect people go. Right? Like, in order to walk through those doors, you need to be perfect. You need to make sure that you got your Sunday best dress on, you got your hair all put in the right place, that you got your act all together. Then you can walk through the door. But you know what? That is not the case. The church is not for perfect people. If it were, I'll guarantee you one thing. And I would put money on this one. (laughs) That if the church was for perfect people, the churches would be empty. And I wouldn't be here either. The church is like a hospital for the sick. It's a hospital for the sick, the hurting, the broken, spiritually speaking. The song speaks a lot about empowerment. And while some might take this as pride and a lack of humility, I think there is something much deeper in this song. The writer mentions that all of the power she has now has been with her all along. Her self-worth has been with her the entire time. However, she never claims to be perfect. She is broken. And it's beautiful broken and it's beautiful. One of the best lyrics in the song comes at the beginning of the chorus and it's a simple question. Can someone just hold me? How many times have you have been a difficult, in a difficult place and just wanted somebody to hold you? You didn't need to be fixed or given the right steps in order to correct your problems. You didn't want somebody to tell you that everything was going to be alright. You just wanted someone to hold you and reassure you that they were there for you. That they weren't going to leave. This, brothers and sisters, is something called the ministry of presence. And we can all practice this. Don't feel like you have all the answers. Just sit and listen. Maybe even sit and cry with them. This demonstrates the sacred worth that the other person already has. So many times we just want to be recognized, to be shown that we exist, that we matter. Can I tell you today that today you matter? That every day you matter? Can I tell you that you are loved? Can I tell you that you have a purpose? That we all have a purpose in life? God loves you and has big plans for your life. You have sacred worth. Don't let anybody take that away from you. So here's an interesting fact about this song. I didn't know it when I first started as I looked into the lyrics, but it's actually a song that was written for a movie. And I wonder if anybody has actually seen this movie. The movie is called Ugly Dolls. Has anybody seen this movie? I I actually I, my wife should be raising her hand. We watched it yesterday. Uh <laughs> <laughs> So, it, getting past the so the somewhat cringiness of the uh of the ugly doll, uh the movie has a really good message behind it. It features some different looking uh toys, different looking dolls. Uh, They're not like many of the other dolls and and therefore they were actually thought to be less desirable. Without giving away any spoilers, the characters find out throughout the movie that everyone is broken in some way. No one is perfect, even though there is a place called the Institute of Perfection. The Institute of Perfection. But they all find out that they all have these imperfections. They're all broken. Even the ones who think they are perfect are broken. So while everyone is trying to be perfect, it is far greater to be who you truly are. Even if it's broken and beautiful. I found the video. It's the lyric video. So it does have the lyrics up there so that you can hear what she's singing about. So go ahead and, and play that song. It's a little peppy. So if you want to get up and dance in the aisles, I'm not going to stop you.
2: <laughs> I never held my hand up and asked for something free I got pride I could roll up for miles in front of me I don't need your help and I don't need sympathy I don't need you to lower the bar for me I know I'm super warm, I know I'm strong I got this cause I've had it all along. I'm phenomenal and I'm enough. I don't need you to tell me who to be. i e
0: That even though you think about how broken you might be, that you may truly say that I am broken. But it is beautiful. Because this is who God created me to be. You have sacred worth. And so regardless, as I said before, and as Terry had mentioned so wonderfully early on, regardless of whether or not you have spots, you're just a bunch of green stuff or you're wilting away, you have sacred worth. You are broken and beautiful. And so now go from this place knowing that the love of God, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit goes with you. And it goes with you always. Amen.